Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter, and we're here with the clock is ticking episode. Okay, yes, we're going to be talking about Saquon Barkley and his potential contract with the Giants. As we sit here near, we're several days right now from the franchise tag deadline, and there's no deal. And really, at this point, there's no signs of a deal. We'll get to that in a few minutes. I'll let you know still why I think there is a little bit of shining light. There should be a little bit of optimism out there that something perhaps does get done, but we'll get that in a few minutes. I want to go over two things real quick. Number one is, by looking around, I've noticed there's a stark disparity between Giants fans and the rest of the, you know, the rest of the world, really, right? The rest of the football world on what they're kind of expecting from this team. Because Giants fans expect this team to be good, better, uh, a playoff contender, no doubt, uh, a team that could do some damage even, right? Because they have improved their weapons. Daniel Jones, second year, the defense has a little more talent on it. So there's reasons for Giants fans to be optimistic. Now, obviously, the schedule's tougher. There's some things working against them. Uh, Everything kind of seemed to work in their favor last year. Sure. But nobody outside of Giants fans, seems to be believing in this team. How about this? So I went and looked at what Vegas thinks. And basically, Vegas just takes a temperature of what betters out there think, right? They they make their lines based on what they think people are going to bet on. They want people to bet on both sides. I've gone over this before. So the general public, they believe, thinks the Giants are really not going to make, are, are more likely than not, not a playoff team right? A humongous long shot to win in division, almost as likely to finish last as they are third and to barely get to eight wins, which would still be a losing record, right? Over under for the Giants to win total, seven and a half wins. Odds to win the NFC East, plus 850, right? Plus 850, okay? Their odds to make the playoffs Minus 190, no, and plus 160, yes. That means more likely to not make the playoffs than to make the playoffs. Remember, the Giants were a playoff team last year, won a playoff game, and their roster, quite frankly, is better. So nobody believing in the Giants, except for Giants fans. I believe they're high on the team for the most part. I think some people are realistic and they, they could see a potential step back, but I think if most if we hold most Giants fans, they would think they're more likely a playoff team than not a playoff team. So uh, that just caught my eye in recent days. Now, one other thing I want to get into real quickly before the Saquon stuff is Kadarius Tony. Okay. Uh, you know, just go search Kadarius Tony and see some of the things he had been saying and, you know, going at Giants fans. And to be quite honest, I haven't gotten into the mix. I haven't even promoted it on Twitter. Like, he's been doing this stuff forever, right? He's been doing this since he arrived being super soft, being super sensitive to everything that's out there about him, okay? And Giants fans, by the way, you backed him while he did this, and he had the same act and same routine when he first started. And this is why the Giants' big part of why they got rid of him. They couldn't trust him to do the right thing. And the right thing is just ignore it, not go out and back out and start uh, threatening fans or threatening people who DM'd him on Twitter. I get it. They're provoking you. They're saying 
stuff to you for the most part, but this is part of being a professional athlete. You have to learn to take the high road and don't comment on it. Let it slide, right? That's just part of the program. That's part of the deal. And then I got hacked. Dude, come on. You got hacked. Sure, you got hacked. It's literally your voice going back at people, right, in DMs. Are you DMing people left and right? Come on. I got hacked. You've been doing this stuff since you came into the league. Big part of the reason why the Giants couldn't trust him because this is the way he's acted since he, since he came into the NFL. Now, great great talent. Helped the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, so already good, good trade for the Chiefs, right? Now they're counting on him this year. Good luck, by the way. Counting on him is a risky proposition, no doubt. But, you know, this the Giants got something back for him. Right, they essentially got Darren Waller with that third round pick. So, uh, I think both teams will view this as a win at the moment. We'll see ultimately how it plays out. But this kind of immaturity from Kadarius Tony has been routine, quite frankly, routine from the start. Acting like a child, baby. That's what it is. Anyway, let's get to the Saquon Barkley situation. Okay, we're going to talk to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL insider, in a few minutes. But let's go over what's happening as we stand several days from the franchise deadline, okay? There was a report from our own Diana Rossini that there's a distinct possibility that, you know, Saquon could miss games or will at least strongly contemplate missing games if he does not sign a long-term deal. At the very least, I think it means you're not going to see Saquon until at least September if there's no long-term deal. Seriously. September, you know, like a week or two before the season. I brought this up before. What's the use of him coming to training camp if the Giants aren't willing to commit to him long-term, at least substantially, financially, to his uh, approval, right? What's the point of him if coming to camp and risking getting injured? So it'll be a story. It'll be drama into September, at least into probably the first, you know, warm-up to week one, Will be the Saquon Barkley story will be strong and living. And will it affect the team? Will it have a negative effect on the Giants, their locker room? It's not going to go away. That's going to happen. Now, Saquon's out there on the Twitter street posting pictures of blue caps because he doesn't like when it's out there and the perception that's that's out there that he he's being greedy and he turned down this big money. And a report by Pro Football Talk said, the Giants offered a deal worth, I believe it was, uh, the number they said was $14 million a year, $13, 14000000 million. Saquon was asking for 16 It had $26 million over the first two years of the deal. That's all well and dandy. But Saquon put cap cap next to it, which means that's a lie, basically. That's the translation. And he actually retweeted my tweet about it, basically translating Saquon's tweet, saying, hey, that's a lie. They're... You know, that money, while it might have been $26 million, it wasn't guaranteed. That's right. How much of that was guaranteed? I've told you since the start. I've told you for months now. The key number is $22.2 million guaranteed. It's pretty safe to assume at this point that the guaranteed money in the first two years of that deal did not reach $22 million. Okay. Those are the two franchise tags put together. You want to see a potential deal that I thought worked for both sides? I did a video. It's on Breaking Big Blue 2 on YouTube. Search Jordan Rod on ESPN. You'll find it. It explains what I think would be a fair compromise for both teams. Now, the question is, are the Giants motivated to get something done? 
are they really, really motivated? Like, legitimately motivated to get something done? I think it's a fair question at this point. Several days from the deadline. Now we'll see. You know, deadline spurs action. That's usually the case. We'll see what happens as we get to the deadline. I still think, when it comes down to it, the Giants would prefer to avoid all the drum. And if they offer a last-second deal, and it's even half decent, how does Saquon Barkley say no? Think about that for a second. What position is Saquon Barkley in to say no to any deal that basically gets to be the two years franchise is guaranteed? Like anywhere near that $22 million. If the Giants are willing to get there, big if. Because how motivated are they? This isn't Joe Shane's guy. He didn't draft him. He didn't want to build a team around a running back. We could see that. That's plain and clear for anyone with eyes. And he even said, we laid out plans at the beginning of the offseason. And one of the plans was to have Saquon Barkley potentially on the franchise tag. Well, guess what? As of right now, that's what we have. On to the next one. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, let's bring on Jeremy Fowler, ESPN uh, national reporter. Jeremy, uh, thanks for taking time in your summer, man. What's, what's going on? Anytime, Jordy McBuckets. Anytime yeah. I get to chop it up, talk some hoops. Uh, yeah, I already made a little football. It's always good. I've been playing hoops. Have you? Have you? Have you squeezed any uh, basketball in in the summer? No, a little bit. Not uh, early summer, but you know how it is with the kids and activities and sporting events and all that. So kind of got swallowed up by that. You just got to make sure we got to make sure your kids don't aren't, aren't able to beat you though. You know they're getting to that age, right? You know, what are they? Twelve, something like that. My oldest is twelve. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably coming here sooner than later, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, are you are you going to be the dad that does the hard foul, or are you just going to let him blow by? Well, I got to define that a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I can. Little hip check as he goes past you. Yeah. I'm okay with losing as long as it's on my terms. You know, I might I might give him a give him a layup or two. Just be nice. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into it. It's the uh, summer of running backs here, right? Uh, Saquon Barkley, less than a week. Until the franchise tag deadline comes around. But he also isn't the only one, right? There's Tony Pollard. There's uh, Josh Jacobs. What is the state, when you talk to people around the league, of the running back market at this point? Does does anyone really want to pay these guys, even if they are some of the best players on their team? 
Yeah, the state of it is not good, and no, nobody wants to pay anybody. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's the reality. Yeah, they even bring up Alvin Cook, by the way, who's a free agent as well. Yeah, it, it's gotten worse. There's not uh, really a way around it. Um, teams have neutralized it. The draft guys in the second, third, and fourth and pitch round, and they hope for the best. And um, now you have three players on the tag. Two of those players are legitimate top three or four at their position, Josh Jacobs and Saquon, right? So they are difference makers, and I think when you're at that level and you're still young and you're marketable in the case of Saquon, that, that plays a big role. And Tony Pollard, you know, he's a top 10 back now. Uh, so these are elite guys we're talking about, which should help them, but there's just, you know, there's going to be a cap on this thing where maybe, like it was never good. The running back market wasn't good five years ago, but maybe if Barkley could have got 15 a year then, uh, that's probably more like 12 to 13 now if you were to uh, account for deflation. Usually right now we're dealing with inflation in our country, but at the running back market, it's been a, a little bit of a deflation. When you talk about, okay, let's, let's separate Tony Pollard for a second. Yeah. Do the Cowboys, do they even negotiate with Tony Pollard at this point? Right, because he's still a little different because he's coming off a serious injury, right? He had surgery, I believe he broke his leg in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, so all three situations are a little different for me. Just from from my sense, Tony Pollard, he's looking at this as a win-win, right? He's got the injury, so he's got a $10 million injury protection, essentially. Uh, but he should be. And that's not bad for him because he's probably a lesser of the three, and coming off injury, $10 million is pretty darn good for him. Yeah, like I'm told he's good either way, but he is open to a deal. And, and I do think Dallas is open to a deal to an extent. I think they'll have some talks. Uh, they've had like some preliminary talks a little bit, um, but it's it's not a pressing need at this point to have to do it. Could end up being similar to Dalton Schultz, the tight end who played on the tag for them. You know, they just never really got to a deal. But in the spirit of the tag, you're supposed to negotiate in earnest. So uh, I'm assuming in the next week they will do that. I uh, do expect the same with Josh Jacobs, and, and then we'll get to Saquon in a second. Where do you see everything in that? Yeah, I do. There's just something that feels amiss there. I just haven't sensed any more. You're talking too wide, to be clear. I'm talking right. Jacobs. Okay. Yeah. With Jacobs, I just don't sense a lot of momentum there for a deal right now. Uh, when I talk to people league wide now, certainly that can change. Uh, we saw Josh Jacobs tweet out bad business a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, that's sort of him staking his claim a little bit, kind of like Saquon did when he spoke publicly. You know, you got to nudge a little bit. Um, it's that's an interesting regime there in Vegas with G M Dave Ziegler and, and Joshua Daniels. You know, they they clearly have a culture they're trying to build and a certain type of player that they want you think jacobs with the way he runs and his running style and the way he plays and his young guy that he would fit that um but i I don't know he's from the previous regime so there's there's always a little bit of that uncertainty there whether you know he's going to be their guy and that kind of seems to be the same thing with saquon though right i mean yes he's a big part of this offense he's a huge part of the giants but he's not their guy for this regime He's, they're not the ones who drafted him. They're not the ones who were all in on him from the start, right? So I, I don't know. That's just, yeah. just the, the, the feeling that I get as well. I'm with you to an extent, but he also was such a catalyst for their playoff run, you know, where the Raiders didn't win. So it's a, it's a little di- – it's just Saquon feels like more of the fabric of Giants football, maybe because he's been there for five years and he was so high profile and he is marketable mm-hmm. that it's a little different. But I, I just – to me, Barker's situation reads the most optimism out of the three running backs. I, I just think Giants are a deadline team. They've showed it. You know, as you know, Daniel Jones and his franchise tag, they got a deal to him eight minutes for the tag deadline or whatever it was. They paid Dexter Lawrence. 
They're willing to pay people. They've shown that. Um, it's just a structure guarantee issue that Saquon needs a little bit of help on. And, you know, we'll see if they bridge it or if they don't. And maybe he just takes what they offer at the last minute. Where do you think things stand as we get closer to the deadline? And uh, you think that they're possibly able to get something done there? I do. I, I think it's been pretty stagnant. It, things have been quiet league-wide on almost everything I've checked on. Yeah, I think until like late this week. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even with free agents, just been real dead. So, yeah, I let's be fair. This is when, and you know this as well as I do. This is like July fourth and the week after. This is the time where most of the uh, facilities are just basically empty. Like people are just off, right? You know, they don't. They're not even going into the office until like mid July. No doubt. Yeah, it's very quiet. Everybody's on vacation for the most part. So. <laughs> Late, late this week, early, except for us, right? We're doing a podcast, baby. But that, like late, we're really grinding. We're really, we're really, you know, stressing out here. Yeah, let's let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, late next week, or late this week, early next week. I think that way up. And yeah, I, I expect some productive talks, if not posturing, feeling each other out between the Giants and Barkley's camp. But it's been quiet. Last I've checked, I, I keep hearing there was not. Like, Right. Yeah. No. I mean, look. This has been nine months now, and I think if something gets done, it'll it'll also be probably at the last minute, like you said. Yeah. Um, but curiosity's sake, um, do you think any of the teams would even contemplate if things got ugly and uh, as we got down here, you know, making the move? Not that I'm saying I've heard anything like this. Yeah. But you know, you could always both say, "Hey, you know what? We don't need to pay the ten million dollars. We can go and." Get Ezekiel out. We could go and get Dalvin Cook. We could pull the you know the old Dave Gettle yeah. and switch your route. Ooh, that would be interesting. I mean, so the theory there would be that you could get Dalvin Cook, let's say, for less than you would pay on the tag, uh, which I think is mostly true considering the climate. I do think Dalvin. I was going to say, you tell me, can he get ten ten point one million dollars a year uh, well, for this year? I think that's why a deal hasn't been done because those offers haven't quite been there yet, and he's willing to wait. A right. bit, you know, and he's and he's only twenty seven, and he's coming off another huge year. He's been really productive. He's a top ten back. Like I get it, you know, he, he probably deserves that. Teams I talked to think he'd be more closer to eight million, on like a package. You know, maybe some incentives that get you closer to ten or closer to eight, or you know, that's sort of the feeling right now. It's just, I mean, it's just been a tough market. It is no way around it. So, yeah, hey, in theory you could do that, but it's Barkley the way he played last year is above. Outside of Cook, is above those other guys you mentioned. You know, you bring in Zeke Elliott. I mean, it's not not yeah, yeah. It's like it looks the is prime. Yeah, they paid the quarterback, and that quarterback is largely dependent on Barkley and their chemistry. At the you know, I think that's safe to say based on what we saw last year. So it just makes more sense. Uh, you know, you could just wait him on the tag and knowing that okay, yes, he can hold out. Well, it's not really a holdout if you haven't signed your tag. <laughs> But he, he would show up. Not show up. He would show up. Eventually. Right. He would Eventually. show up at some point. He's not going to miss. I think everybody, I mean, logic tells us he wouldn't miss the season. Maybe he has that kind of conviction to go full Le'Veon Bell, but it didn't go great. And everybody saw it. And it was a trial run and everybody learned from it. So the, the yeah. formula is to wait till late August to show up to make your team sweat it out a little bit, but then you eventually come. So, you know, the Giants can still be patient and do that. Problem is they just don't have much behind them, you know. At least yeah. like the Raiders have a, a mid-round pick they drafted last year. You know, you got some options. 
Yeah, the Giants have Eric Gray, uh, Gary Brightwell, and Matt Breda. I don't yeah. think their offense, you want to go into the season looking at that. I don't think that's something. They're Honestly, they're not even planning on it. I mean, you you look at their roster. Their roster has been as constructed as if Saquon Barkley is going to be there this year. But you did you cover the Le'Veon Bell time, like at time? Were you at that time? I know you, you were sorry, in Pittsburgh. Did you cover Le'Veon Bell when he took the year off? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was... I was, uh, yeah, to think about it, I was covering the Steelers and, you know, I vividly remember doing an interview with Le'Veon at his locker before a playoff game. He was asked about how the tag went and what he thinks about getting a second tag. And he said, well, if I get tagged again, I'm just going to either retire or not play. And I thought, it was, you know, I quoted him. It was a big story. I thought he was just posturing, but he ended up doing it. Right. So, you know, to his credit, he stayed true to his work. You don't think that Josh Jacobs would, or I mean, we Saquon said it's it's gonna if he doesn't get a long term deal, it'll at least be part of the conversation. Like you said, I don't think he'll go that route. Do you think Josh Jacobs would even consider going that route? Mm, possibly. It just seems a little more contentious on that one. I could be wrong. It's just a sense, you know. So I I, I don't know. I ta- I did talk to somebody with the team who's optimistic that he would show up. The problem with when he would, I don't. know. The problem with the taking the year off is you're never really going to be able to make that money back, right? Is is that kind of what everybody, your gist of when you covered that, everybody took away from the uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, holding out a season, even though he did, you know, revisionist history, get he did get paid. He got paid by the Jets. He got a pretty yeah, decent yeah. deal. The problem is, yeah. can you make back the money you were just lost by not playing? And then his career obviously fell off the table, which... We can argue is because he didn't play or because that's just what happens to running backs. Yeah, and it could be a combination of both, but it's just a hard position to take a year off on. You know, it's different if you're a pass rusher, but the running back position is just, you have a limited amount of years. It's a really tight window. You know, you got about six to seven years and you're already three or four years in. It's tough to to just hold out and lose that one year, even though you wouldn't be taking the same tread on the field with the number of carries. It's just... The risk reward is is not really there, knowing that you don't know what awaits you in free agency. Like you, you know, considering Josh Jacobs, top five running back, young guy, in his prime, you know he should cash in. You just don't know what this is going to look like eight months from now. Yeah, should I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who's going to? Do you think someone? There's a team out there that would really pay Josh Jacobs big money. I think that's. That's a realistic question that that these guys have to answer. I'm curious. Uh, you're doing these top ten, you know, lists that you do every year by position. Yeah, uh, best players, and you, you talk to executives, coaches, you know, people around the league, and you take their votes. Did you do running back yet? I did. Yeah. So the whole project's turned in. Everything's uh, fine. Running back. Yeah. So I'm running back. Where, where do these guys kind of? Is it? Do Josh Jacobs and Saquon, I don't want you to give away too much. Look, but do they both fall into the top five of the position? They do. Yep, they, they are do. both top five running backs, yep. Saquon's a guy that everybody, like, at least scouts and execs, like, they have a bias from his pre-draft. Like, he was so good that they were going to cling true to that. Like, he's going to come through eventually, right? He's too good not to, and then he proved right. that this year. So he kind of validated a lot of, uh, scouts' beliefs in him, and but you know Jacobs is just—he's so rugged, and was so productive that, um, you know, he's 
certainly really strong in that mix. You, you could argue, I mean, some have argued he's the best running back. Like some people I talked to did vote him number one. You know, they did wow. he was dominant last year. Wow. Josh Jacobs, number one. Yeah. I mean, I got to assume, you know, McCaffrey's up there high, of course. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry's probably still fairly high. Uh, yeah. Guys like Austin Eckler, who I'm curious where that, that's the one that kind of intrigues me, like where people consider like, yeah, Austin Eckler and, and Dalvin Cook. And those kind of guys, uh, yeah, we're talking awesome. in a factor between uh, Saquon because yeah, Eckler's probably better pass catcher than most of these guys. He is, yeah, and he's he's polarizing a little bit just because he's looked at as more of a, a guy that needs to be paired with another back as opposed to just complete back. But interesting, others say if he was if he was six feet tall, he'd be a top five running back. You know, it's just he gets knocked because he's small. But he's really strong and compact and can run for tough yard and can catch it because he passes. So, yeah, he's he's up there. He's on the top five, but he's he's in the mix. You're he's forgetting another guy in Cleveland, Nick Chubb. Yeah, 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 Nick Chubb. Well, he might be the best runner of them all, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's up there. So, but yeah, Eckler's in the mix. He's, he's not in the top five, though. Interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I could realistically make the argument I'd rather have Austin Eckler than Saquon Barkley. Ooh, really? Good. Yeah, you don't think you think that's crazy to be able to to be able to make that argument? I think he's the better pass catcher. He's been more explosive. He's also been more durable. If you if you think about it, yeah, that's true. I, I, I think Bar- Barkley can take over the game. Though. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say he's the more explosive guy, right? Saquon, for sure, yeah. for sure. Like he's got that ability to go for eighty at any time. Still, you know, like that's rare. Um, yeah. But, 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 you, but, you, but, you know, uh, not everybody loves that. That you, a lot of these football guys, coaches, they love the guys who who get the extra yard, and they're not in love with the you know boomer bust guys. Which I think it depends on who you talk to about Saquon. There, there could be both ways. Like, oh, he's too boomer bust. He dances too much. Like you, you could get that. I've heard that from people. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. Yeah, but he's just when he's healthy and he's right. What you showed last year, he's pretty electric. So. Yeah, another player who's. Pretty dominant, pretty electric was Dexter Lawrence this past season. He came in sixth on the defensive tackle list. Uh, Giant fans, some of them were like, sixth? How could he be sixth? That position, man. I mean, how hard is that position? Is that one of the hardest positions to do? Because it it seems like that has become one of the stronger positions, interior defense alignment. Yeah, there's no doubt. I I was surprised that some of the Giants people push it back on that. I'm like, six is really high. He He wasn't on there last year. He wasn't in the mix at all last year. Um, but he had this huge year. He finally kind of got the sack totals going. And, yeah, I, you know, the money helps these guys in the rankings, I think, subconsciously. But people see the money. Really? And they go, oh, yeah, he must be, he must be great. <laughs> when, or, guys get paid, you, when guys get paid, you see them rank higher, even throughout the league? Uh, I've noticed that a little bit, yeah, for sure. Like Deron Payne, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons are all in the top 10. And Simmons would have already been there, but I think Payne and Lawrence, if they didn't get paid, they might not have been there. They, you know, they probably would have been there based on their play. Like, they were really good, so the tape was out there. But, you know, like Lamar Jackson, now that he got paid, it's kind of like, oh, okay, he's he's officially one of those guys now. You know, like, you kind of get the crown of achievement. You see, so it's totally you know. Daniel Jones might slip onto the list then, right? I am not telling you right now. <laughs> no, I went too far. He got some votes though. He got some votes. Did he really? 
He gets crazy. votes for top 10 quarterback, huh? Yep. Sure. I'm surprised at that. Let me tell you why. So I know he probably played at a top 10 level last year, but that doesn't mean I would vote him at a top 10 guy. Right? Like Aaron Rodgers was, didn't play probably at a top 10 level, but I'm still voting for Aaron Rodgers, right? If I were voting, I'm not voting. Uh, but if I would, so I'm, I'm surprised that Danny Dimes got some votes. Well, look at what he did. Jump so you're in playoff season with minimal options behind him. You're sensing around the league he's gained more respect, I assume, then. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Not, he's not in, yeah, he's not right in the consistent conversation for the top 10, but he's he's made his way up a little bit, where before he wouldn't even have been considered at all. Right. Now he's getting some mild consideration. I think there's still a faction out there that still need that he needs to. He's there's still more for him to prove, right? Like he needs to have that season where he throws thirty touchdown passes to win over like that last faction that's still like, well, he he turns the ball over too much, which by the way he didn't. But there, those people even in the league still say that. I I, I hear that from people sometimes, and I'm thinking to myself, well, he hasn't really done that in two years. So that, that's kind of like an an old uh, stereotype out there about him. But, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, he, he could use that prolific season, right? He hasn't really yeah. had the big numbers. He could use that for sure. Number numbers definitely matter, I think, in perception. Even yeah. even through even with executives and coaches and people around there. Even though I don't know your experiences, but coaches they always tell you, and then you probably don't get this when you do the list with them. But they're always like, "Oh, we don't worry about statistics. We don't worry about numbers. Like we don't worry about sacks." Like, okay, yeah, right. I mean, like, and then huh. you, you know, I'm reading these things of these quotes and like. Yeah, he doesn't get enough sacks. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> right, right. Doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, sacks equal money. Passing stats equal money. That like those guys get paid. That's just how it is. All right, man. I appreciate it, Jeremy. Uh, we'll do it again soon. We'll we'll link up this summer. You're gonna you're gonna probably uh, swing through the Giants at some point. So uh, we'll link up then. Yeah. And we'll talk again. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it, man. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ah, uh, yes. It's that time of the podcast where I answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions and Giants after dark. All right. We got a six pack of questions here real quick. We start with Kartik26 on Twitter. How much of a step back do you think this offense takes without Saquon Barkley if a deal doesn't get done? Well, first of all, if a deal doesn't get done, I still expect Saquon Barkley to likely play. You don't just turn down $600,000 a game. We saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell. Like, I would expect Saquon to be there and play on the franchise tag. And he's not one who uh, likes to have the negative publicity. So it's going to be hard for him to really put his foot in the ground. I, I, I have a hard time seeing it. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, this Giants offense without Saquon Barkley, quite frankly, would not be very good. Right? They relied on him in the first half of last year. I believe he had 70 yards in like seven of the first nine games, at least rushing, right? They were running the offense completely through him, remember? It helped him win some games, control the tempo. You know, that was huge for the Giants. And you take him out, now you have 
whatever you say about Saquon Barkley, I, I'd probably put him in right around the top five running backs in the league. But you take him out of there, now you have a low-end running back, right, in Eric Gray or Matt Breda, right? Eric Gray is a rookie. I mean, I can't predict him to be a top half of the league starting running back at this point. So you're now bottom half of the league at the running back position. You're bottom half of the league at the wide receiver position. And then you're crossing your fingers. You have Darren Waller as your number one receiver and a high-end tight end. I mean, yeah, I get it. The Kansas City Chiefs do it that way. But, A, they have Travis Kelsey, and nothing against Darren Waller. He's not Travis Kelsey. And nothing against Daniel Jones. He's in no way, shape, or form Patrick Mahomes. We all know that. So the Giants' offense would not be very good without Saquon Barkley. They can't afford it. They, they planned, they built this roster with Saquon Barkley being a big piece. So uh, that's the answer to that. Next question, Chris Natchtrieb says, is Jalen Hyatt someone you expect to be worked in quite slowly this year? Seems like him and Slayton have pretty redundant roles. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Him and Slayton do have redundant roles, both vertical, stretch the field type guys. Slayton's probably better at this point of his career, uh, bigger, more physical. Uh, now Hyatt has that extraordinary speed, which I do think the Giants are going to use. And in a way, I kind of see him like being used in a way like similar to the way they had planned to use Kadarius Toney earlier last season. A handful of plays, 12 plays, a dozen plays a game, you know, end arounds, jet sweeps, uh, try to hit big vertical plays, use them in different p- positions, move them around, uh, maybe even the backfield. I think that is how it starts off for Jalen Hyde, and he has the opportunity to earn a bigger role. At Nick Rose on Instagram says, Hi, Jordan, do you think that Josh Zudu will compete for one of the training, uh, the starting uh, guard jobs during training camp? And the answer is yes, by the way. Okay. Uh, I think the Giants are very open to giving players opportunities to win jobs. You saw it last year. Guys like Toman Fox earned a spot in the rotation, right? And uh, granted, it's over somebody originally like uh, O'Shane Zimenez. Or uh, Colin Johnson really was probably going to start over Darius Slayton. So those opportunities are there. So I think it's there for Azudu to win that starting left guard job between him, um, Ben Bredesen, and uh, Shane Lemieux. Really, what you can't count on Lemieux at this point after he really has missed the last two seasons. But I think Azudu gets an, a fair shake, a fair opportunity. Now, the next question we have is from King Dayball Connor on Twitter. Says, do you think the Giants will consider starting Bredesen over Glowinski at right guard, even though Glowinski is the higher paid player? And I believe the answer is yes. So I think it's a big competition for the two starting guard spots. And yeah, Glowinski has a head start, and so does Bredesen. But Azudu. Shane Lemieux, uh, Marcus McKeithen, anyone else that's there has a legitimate shot to earn those jobs because those jobs, in my opinion, are wide open. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, Next question, we have uh, Chris Reitmeyer. He asks, you're going to move to threads. Now, I've signed up for threads at the moment, and threads obviously connected to Meta, Instagram. Uh, A lot of people think it's a potential replacement. For Twitter, no, I, I signed up. I have an account. I haven't actually posted anything there. I might start doing it you know, little by little, but it's hard I mean, to just go make sure everything posts on every social media account. And really, I know a lot of people signed up for it. How many people are actually over there? Tell me if you are. I'm curious how many people are looking over there with regularity, okay? Because I'm curious. I haven't started yet. I signed up. I have an account, but I'm not looking over there regularly like I am on Twitter. I'm still figuring out how to use it. 
And, you know, change is hard. It changes hard for everybody. Uh, last question at Giants Vidal 1027. Are the Giants interested in adding depth at linebacker edge? And he writes in uh, parentheses, Justin Houston would make a lot of sense. I don't think the Giants at the moment are actually looking at adding a veteran edge rusher. I get this question a lot from people. But I do think a inside linebacker now, a veteran inside linebacker, is a strong possibility. Jared Davis underwent knee surgery recently, and so he's going to be out long-term. Not sure what that means exactly at the moment, but you got an extended absence for sure. Pat Leonard of the Daily News was first with that. Now, the question is, at one point, remember, they looked at Deion Jones. So the fact that they even looked at Deion Jones and now they lost a veteran on the interior says to me that there's a good chance that they're going to go and look at that position. So depending who's out there, we'll see in the next few weeks. I would expect the Giants to look at inside linebacker. Outside linebacker, I think right now they want to see what they have. You know, they want if Aziz Ojolari stays healthy and Kayvon Thibodeau with Jihad Ward in the mix, they like Taman Fox. Like, that's a crew that they can roll with. I don't think they view it as needy, as desperately needing. A lot of people say you need the veteran, you need the veteran to teach him. Jihad Ward, they view as a veteran. I get it. He's not a huge pass rusher, but he's a veteran. You know, if it's in regards to helping guys out, I think like there there's not this great void of needing a veteran edge rusher. Now, you can never have enough pass rushers. I don't think it would be a bad idea. I just haven't heard anything at the moment. All right, on to the next one. All right, let's wrap up real quickly here with a Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants' work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general. And today is actually Wednesday night. I'm taping this part of the podcast, and uh, I want to tell you what I did today. So I know Saquon's been working out at a certain place, you know, public field, high school. And so, you know, we're coming down to the deadline date. I figure, you know what? I'm, I need to go for a run today. Let me go to the track at the field that I know he's been working out at some in the last few weeks. And so I go there. And I really, I spent the day there just to see if maybe he showed up or bumped into me. Didn't happen. You know, I ran on the track there. There was actually a seven-on-seven high school tournament. So Richie Soybert, former Giants offensive lineman, who's coaching at, uh, uh, forget what it is. Is it Watchung? I think it's Watchung. Uh, anyway, he's a pretty successful high school coach now, living in, in North Jersey, Watchung Hills, I think is the school. Apologize if I butchered that. But, uh, you know, I stood around there. I, I, did a, I did a workout. I ran, hung out at the field, watched some football, just in case, you know, Saquon might show up and could have a conversation with him, talk to him, maybe get him on the record, off the record, whatever it was. And those are the kind of things you have to do. It didn't pay dividends in this case. But I, so, I sat there all day, and I was like, I, I, I don't want to leave. What if he ends up coming later in the day, in the afternoon? Right. And so it was worth a shot. I thought it could, could work out. And sometimes, you know what? This is the this is part of the job. Sometimes you do things and you put in the time, you put in the effort and nothing comes of it. But that's fine. In the long run, my opinion is these things pay off. And if I did get him there, think about how big that would have been and how big a coup that would have been to pull that off. So my the moral of the story here is. Just put in the time. 
It's not always going to lead directly to results, but don't get discouraged. I am 100% confident that was the right move for me to do today. Now, it produced nothing, and it ultimately turned into a waste of the day, but you can't operate like that. You have to think about the potential benefits as well and if it could have paid off. And you know what? You know, maybe I'll go back another day. Though I'm busy, we'll see, time permits. But, hey, these are the kind of outside-the-box things you have to think of to get an edge on your competition. So I hope they're not listening. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.